Easy boy. Hello and welcome to Big Soda, the most trusted name in soda podcasting. Each week, we'll be delving into a major soda brand from every possible angle to give you the big picture on soft drinks you never knew you needed. I'm Dash, and with me are my co-hosts Evan and Patrick. And today, we decided to go after our biggest and boldest soda yet, the perennial silver metal cola Pepsi. But one can't discuss that giant without referring to its perpetual sparring partner. Think Grant and Lee, Edison and Tesla, Drake and Meek Mill. History has seen so many iconic rivalries, yet none with such a profound effect on our culture as the ongoing, century-long feud between Pepsi and Coca-Cola. So, without further ado, Evan, Patrick, where do you guys fall on Pepsi and how do you feel it stacks up to Coke? Well, setting aside the flavors, I mean, the standard Pepsi to me just doesn't measure up to Coke. I mean, many say Pepsi is wins due to its like sweeter, more citrusy flavor, but I actually think this works against it. Pepsi to me always has a much more like pungent aftertaste. It, like it just sticks in your mouth and especially in your teeth in this like really gross way to me. It's not refreshing. I mean, even when I'm like super parched, it just doesn't satisfy in the same way that like a Coke or any of my other favorite sodas do. I mean, it's far from like the worst soda, I'd say but it's just disappointing because I'd rather be having a Coke. Worth mentioning, I guess, you know, we'll probably get into spinoff flavors at some later episode, but I will give a shout out to Wild Cherry Pepsi uh, as an exceptionally good cherry soda, though. So, you know, it's not all bad in the Pepsi camp, but overall for me, just I'd rather have a Coke. Yeah, I'm with you. To me, Pepsi has always just been white trash Coke. I've been alive for 27 years now, and I've never met a single person in any of those years that prefers Pepsi to Coke. And there's definitely something to that. I'm not really sure who's buying Pepsi. Evan, I can't wait to hear what the um, the top payment method is, because I'm thinking we're going to get a... Uh, a little bit of return of the EBT action on this one. But yeah, like like Evan said, like the, the sweeter flavor kind of makes me sick. Um, and to me, it actually tastes like almost waterier. Like Coke feels like big and like bursts in your mouth, I guess. I don't know. And, and Pepsi always just feels like super watery. And like, yeah, it makes your, your mouth and your teeth just feel gross. So I'm not really a Pepsi guy, but um, I will say I'm a big diet soda guy. So this whole aspartame business spooked me a little bit. I gotta mm. say it got to me. Um, yeah, brain cancer. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting it either way, but I did switch for a brief period of time to Diet Pepsi, and it's disgusting. It's terrible. It's like mm. the single worst soda that you can drink. I, I drank it purely out of love of the game for soda, but overall, I think Pepsi is trash. Um, definitely no Coke. Interesting takes there, guys. Uh, I do want to mention just on a technical level, a lot of what you said can be backed up uh, by the real facts and the science here because, you know, noted author Malcolm Gladwell, mm -hmm. uh, i not noted to me, I've never read anything he's ever written, but noted to someone, he said uh, that Pepsi is characterized by a citrus flavor burst, which is unlike the more, quote, raisiny vanilla taste of Coke. And now, if you look in the ingredients of the two sodas, they're basically exactly the same, except Pepsi includes citric acid in its ingredients. Mm -hmm. uh, Pepsi also has more sugar, which creates that saccharine sweet taste. Uh, has more calories, and it has more caffeine, which is probably the only plus in this situation. Oh. Uh, and Coke has slightly more sodium, which gives it that bite or burst that you referred to. So this is all, you know, we have the receipts for all this stuff. I want to move along, though, to some of Pepsi's most famous or infamous promotional slogans, the marketing department. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out a Pepsi tagline. 
And you guys are going to give me your your burn ward status hot takes on that bad boy, all right? Mm, all right. Sounds good. Okay, so I'm going to take it all the way back to 1950. It was, quote, Pepsi Cola hits the spot. Two full glasses, that's a lot. I don't really get this one. I mean, are they, so are they saying that you can only have two glasses? Like you can't buy just one? Or that in order to fully enjoy it, you have to have two. So then at that point, why even sell one? I don't know. I, I don't understand this one. I don't know. I kind of like it. It's kind of like a Dr. Seuss style advertisement that makes absolutely no sense. And then <laughs> saying that two glasses of your product, that's a lot. Like that to me says like, oh, that's way too much. Like stop it. So it's not really making me want to buy it, but I do like it because of how ridiculously long and unwieldy and <laughs> just gross it is. I also, like it. Do you, do you just buy like glasses on their own? Like in the mm -hmm. 50s, could you just buy a glass of Pepsi somewhere and then Throw the glass in the trash. Any <laughs> <laughs> the bottles or anything yet? You know what? Ours is not to wonder why. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it forward a little bit. Uh, 1966. Uh, the tagline is, now it's Pepsi for those who think young. Now it's Pepsi for those who think young. Huh. I'm not really sure what they're trying to say. I mean... I think they're trying to say that their brand is getting lighter, but this sentence doesn't make sense. It, it sounds like it was written by a very, very old person who's having who's suffering a stroke um, while they're typing this on a typewriter. I don't really get, like, what do they mean here? Do you know? It's very unclear. Now it's Pepsi? When was it not Pepsi? <laughs> I, th I, think no, I think they were trying to aim for sort of the, you know, uh, the proto-hippie generation, you know, summer, like pre-summer of love Beatles, fanatic, these type of people. I think it was some misguided attempt to go after them. They're trying to, you know, get into Coke's area a little bit here, I think. Um, you know, the 60s had... Was that Coke commercial in the 60s? Yes. The famous one? The one in the field with all the, yeah. the hill, hippies yeah. running around. Was the, I don't know if that was before or after this. I think, but, I think um, it was after this, I'm pretty I think, sure. Okay, yeah, all right. But anyway, like, you know, it feels like they're trying to capture a younger generation than, than Coke is going for, but... What's not clear is, like, did they change the recipe? Like, saying now it's Pepsi for those who think young. Like, are they just, I, I don't really get, I don't, I don't know if that's what it is, but that's what it sounds like to me. And if it isn't, that's sort of weird, false advertising. Mm -hmm. let, let me tell you guys what the, what the issue is here. So, the one before was from 1950, right? And it said Pepsi Cola. Mm. Now it's Pepsi. Oh. It's like dropping the Facebook. Now it's just Facebook. Now it's just Pepsi. Interesting. I get it. It's still trash, but I get it now. Okay. All right. All right. We underestimated the Pepsi marketing department. Pepsi, actually, they tried to do this kind of youth marketing for, throughout the life of the product, pretty much. Um, in fact, in... Pepsi 19 Jazz, baby. It's true. It's exactly... <laughs> absolutely. In 1983, um, however, perhaps appealing to these same people who bought the new Pepsi in 1966, they tried to bring it full circle. The tagline was, Pepsi's got your taste for life. Well, this is kind of, I don't know, this is kind of scary, honestly. Um, <laughs> like, like a, a lot of companies try and get it, get people when they're young and, you know, sort of uh, make an impression on them and, and, and sort of get customers for life. But this is like so blatant with it. Like <laughs> they're not even trying to hide it. Um, like in that, in that way, I almost kind of like this one just because of how blunt it is. Uh, it's not very creative, but at least it's, it's you know, True to true to what they're actually trying to say here. Yeah, I, I, I generally have a big problem when 
like food or really any brand, but here soda, when they try to like market themselves as like lifestyle or like mm-hmm. improving your life. And I think we had one that was like, be your best self, right? Before <laughs> all that kind yeah. of stuff just doesn't make sense to me because you're not drinking soda to like improve your life. You know, I drink soda like very like in a quiet room by myself, like just like a rat, like in the dark, um, because I'm ashamed of it. Like there's nothing about soda. Like you're not going to drink soda and go for a run. You're not drinking soda, like at like a big party. Like I just don't get like how it ties to life at all. So I'm out on this one as well. I like that idea of going for a run with a Pepsi where you've got like like a water bottle, like sport bottle. Yep. Like how they have them strapped to their arms. Full of cinnamon fire Pepsi. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would end in vomit. For sure. (laughs) There's no question that I would puke from doing that. Um, I want to move up almost into the new millennium. Um, And in 1999, Pepsi did another rebrand, and they went for slick, minimalist, quote, ask for more. More what? And where? (laughs) Don't ask me. (laughs) I don't get, like, uh, I just don't get it. Um, Ask for more Pepsi? It really doesn't tell me anything about the product at all. And again, this is a command. I mean, I, I hate to keep coming back to that, but, you know, don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Evan? It's just, it's yeah, it's vague and it doesn't like, it doesn't, it, again, it implies that you need more than one glass or, or unit <laughs> or whatever the hell it is, you know, bottle, can, whatever. It implies that you need more than what they're selling you. Which just like sets it off on totally the wrong foot. Like they're just there. It's like, do they have confidence in their product? It doesn't sound like it. I don't know. I don't like this one either. Mm-hmm. Very fair, guys. Uh, I think my interpretation is that they're saying one should ask for more out of their cola. Hmm. You know, one should expect more from a cola. Oh, but, okay. But uh, it still doesn't really ring true at all based on the Pepsi product that I know. So, if you were asking more for your cola, you'd, you'd just go buy a Coke. You exactly. Wouldn't have, right. You wouldn't even <laughs> be looking at Pepsi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so I, I, I would normally delve into what is the most recent hot button Pepsi slogan ad thing, but I want to hold off because that's its own can of worms, no pun intended. So oh, we'll let's, get there. Let, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Rest assured guys. I think everyone knows what I'm talking about, but we're going to push forward. We're going to go right ahead into a segment that we begrudgingly call soda streams of consciousness. That being a trio of rapid fire questions regarding today's soda that we will all answer to the best of our impotent abilities. So, first off, when it comes to Pepsi, can, fountain, or bottle? I gotta go can again. Um, (laughs) Maybe fountain sometimes, definitely. Bottle, absolutely not. I mean, I don't know, did did we ever officially change that from glass bottle? I don't know if I've actually ever had Pepsi in a glass bottle, as a matter of fact, but plastic bottle is definitely off the table. Um... Can would probably be my number one, like surefire, and then fountains sometimes, depending on how they mixed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sort of with you on this one. One thing I have to kind of be upfront about is I really don't like the Pepsi logo. For some reason, it really <laughs> bothers me. I don't know what it is. So I don't like mm-hmm. to get it in a, in a can or a bottle because I don't like looking at it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to go fountain. And because like Pepsi is like a weird thing, it never tastes carbonated enough. Like it always tastes kind of flat. I don't know if you guys get that. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, it doesn't really matter which um, venue. I mean, you're only drinking Pepsi if it's like 
you're at like a gas station and like Dr. Pepper's broken and like they don't have Coke <laughs> and it's like in West Virginia. So they don't have Coke. Um, but like, yeah, so I'm, I have to go Fountain for this one. Yeah. Fair enough, guys. I, I do want to mention also on that note, um, that Pepsi from the fountain, I usually associate with like lower rung fast food restaurants in particular, you know, it's like the Taco Bells and the KFCs. I shouldn't say lower rung, but like, but like, you know, the top of the disgusting chain, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, the worst of the worst in terms of grease and just pure unhealthiness I associate with Pepsi from a fountain. So that's not really a good look mm-hmm. overall. Yep. I could um, see like Baja Fresh having uh, mm-hmm. fountain Pepsi. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they do actually. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do. <laughs> that's a layup. But here's another thing regarding Pepsi. Do you guys think that it could mix with alcohol? No, I don't think so. Like I said, it always kind of tastes flat, or maybe it gets flat really quick. And when you put flat soda with with alcohol, it just kind of tastes gross. Um, So I don't think this one works really with anything. Yeah, the sweetness of it definitely works against it because it tends to overpower whatever drink you put in it. I mean, that being said, you know, if you're in a real bind, you know, it'll work. It'll do if you want like a rum and Coke or Jack and Coke or something like that and they don't have Coke, you can get by, but it's just going to be a little bit worse. The old rum and Pepsi. Point taken. I've never done it. I've never done it. I never plan on doing it. So (laughs) yeah, I think we're all in the same boat there. And uh, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to get your guys' take. What do you think the best food pairing is uh, with a a cold Pepsi? I'm going to go like like hot dogs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like uh, if you go to like a a baseball game or something um, and you just, all they have is Pepsi in a, you know, little plastic cup that's awful and, you know, just grab a hot dog and it's, it's fine. Yeah. Dash, I actually think you hit on it earlier when you said you associated with the lower rung fast food. I think it's absolutely that. I think it's like a burger from like Charlie's or mm-hmm. like a like a quesadilla from Chili's or something. Like you have to have something disgusting and just soaked in grease. Um, yeah. And then a little Pepsi on the side to top it off. <laughs> Interesting take. I'm going to go with a sort of like a, a, a diner style club sandwich because uh, a lot of independently owned diners, like Greek diners, happen to have Pepsi probably because they're really cheap and they don't want to pay for the Coke licensing. So that's another place my mind goes in terms of food and Pepsi. Definitely. Can we pause there for a second? What mm-hmm. do you mean by the Coke licensing? Is that really a thing? Does Coke cost more to serve in a restaurant? Do you know that? I'm talking completely out of my ass uh, on that one. <laughs> you but assume I, I would, though, right? I would, because here's the thing. It would stand to reason, like, if any restaurant could just have a choice between Coke and Pepsi, why would they ever choose Pepsi? I mean, yeah, you're right. You know? Yeah. There's got to be some, like, ultimatum involved. Are they being, like, blackmailed by Pepsi? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that's probably the most obvious uh, answer. Occam's razor there. They're getting blackmailed. Exactly. There's somebody with a gun. In the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that brings us up to speed on Pepsi, but I want to move backwards, kind of like the state of our national politics right now, and I want to delve into the history of Pepsi. All right. So first off, I'm going to put it to you guys. Where do you think, if you had to guess, where do you think Pepsi was initially created? In like a meth lab, like a trailer park mobile meth lab. <laughs> Nazi Germany again. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Prison toilets? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently, uh, according to a source that's definitely not Wikipedia, Pepsi was created by a chemist named Caleb Bradham (laughs) at his drugstore in New Bern, North Carolina. All this sounds made up. Uh, In 1893. This sounds so fake. Is this from Wikipedia? This is fake. 
Yeah, this is not this is not real. Uh, both of what you guys said could equally could just as easily be true as what I just uh, mentioned there. But apparently, according to this, Pepsi was initially named quote Brad's drink, yep. which I thought sounded more like a passive aggressive sticky note in an office fridge than a soda brand. <laughs> Uh, but apparently soon thereafter it was renamed Pepsi uh, because it was good at treating dyspepsia, which is basically just like having weird farts and burps. This is all fake. Uh, but do you guys think, like, <laughs> would Pepsi help or hurt stomach problems realistically? <laughs> no, probably not. I mean, as uh, Patrick was saying, it doesn't, like, it's not nearly carbonated enough. I don't, usually when you, you know, have upset stomach, all the carbonation is what makes it feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... <laughs> It's definitely hurts. It can't be helps. There's nothing. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not like a science guy, but I mean, come on. Are you being serious with me? Yeah. Pepsi cures anything? <laughs> I don't think anyone involved was a doctor either. Um, but that was, you know, that was the time. And Pepsi really took off after that. It became successful. But then the Great Depression came around. Pepsi took a couple of L's. They were facing bankruptcy. They actually had to hold off a buyout from Coca-Cola until in the 1930s, they came up with this ingenious solution. Uh, either you guys want to like venture a guess as to what this amazing strategy might have been. Giving it away for free? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely giving it away for free. <laughs> uh, actually, their, their grand master plan was acknowledging, even in the slightest way, uh, African-American people. Um, they began issuing these print ads that featured like all black models. They pushed the soda in those communities, and that was very uh, you know sort of daring at the time. And the sales skyrocketed because of that. That was in and the 30s. This was in the 30s. Wow! Wow! So Pepsi was woke, guys. Yeah. Um, so Pepsi continued to grow over the decades, and uh, as that happened, it intensified its beef with Coca-Cola, as you might imagine. That started off what was called the Cola Wars. Mm-hmm. And then by the 80s, Pepsi started issuing these blind taste tests that they called the Pepsi Challenge. And basically, these tests showed that you know these consumers, who were allegedly non-biased, um, preferred Pepsi over Coke. Uh, so have you guys ever taken the challenge, and do you think you could tell them apart? Yeah, I, I haven't taken the challenge, but I'm 100% confident that I could identify Coke over Pepsi. I mean, I have a very sophisticated palate, um, but uh, there's just no way that you could taste Pepsi and Coke back-to-back and not notice how strangely sugary different Coke, uh, Pepsi tastes. What about you, Evan? You think you could do it? Uh, I haven't taken it either, but I, I agree with you. Um, I think just by the very nature that we're doing a soda podcast, we're pro- probably more equipped <laughs> than your average person to be able to tell the difference. So, um, yeah, uh, I definitely think I could tell, but I've had many people say that they couldn't. So I don't know. You know, maybe we're being soda snobs. Well, they're idiots. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Complete idiots. They're, they're, yeah, it's true. They're puerile. Uh, so sales rose actually from the soda, from the Pepsi challenge and, uh, Coke was forced to switch their formula infamously over to uh, the new Coke, which ended disastrously, which was the most, uh, possibly the most embarrassing soda related blunder to date, uh, except for maybe their latest blunder, uh, which we discussed in our previous episode involving the Coke zero fiasco. We won't go back over that, but yeah, way to go Coke. Uh, despite the setback there, Coke has remained in first place in the soda arms race. You know, they had this iconic cultural status, and it constantly eludes Pepsi's grasp, despite whatever efforts they put forth. So on that, on that note, I want to throw it out to Evan, 
and get some financial details. How is Pepsi doing in the marketplace? Sure, so um, Pepsi is number 30 on Forbes 2017 100 Most Valuable Brands lists. Um, they listed as having a brand value of $18.2 billion, wow. which is down 6% from 2016, so it's down a little bit. Um, this is versus Coke's number five status mm. on the list, okay? Uh, and that's at $56.4 billion, which is which was also down, it's worth noting, 4% from the previous year. Pepsi is the only other dedicated soft drink company on the list, uh, Pepsi and Coke. Um, though there are like a few beer manufacturers like Budweiser and actually Heineken, weirdly, that hmm. are on that list. PepsiCo as a company is diversified across more than just sodas. I don't know if you guys knew this. They own several billion dollar brands. Uh, in the beverage arena, such as Mountain Dew, Gatorade, Lipton, and Aquafina. Wow. Mm. They also own, in the snack sector, they own Frito-Lays, Doritos, Ruffles, and Tostitos. Huh. Interesting. The spread of brands like increases their overall revenue, but incre also increases dramatically their operating costs, since they're so diversified. <laughs> so overall, they are less profitable. This is real inside baseball stuff you're giving us here. I yeah, like this. no, it's, it's, it's the overall less profitable than the more lean and focused Coca-Cola Co, which sticks to its like, like, you know, core competency of making Coke. So uh, I have some demographic information for you guys, and as usual, I'll throw it out to you to, uh, to see what you think. So um, which gender do you think Pepsi primarily appeals to? Men. Yeah, it's got to be sure. That's correct, although it's, it's split almost 50-50. It's just skewing like ever so slightly male. I thought it was going to go much heavier on the males, but nope, just uh, it's pretty close. What do you think in terms of like the key age range? people who like pepsi i'm thinking very young i'm thinking like like early teens to 20s hmm. i'm gonna play devil's advocate here because you said that pepsi sales like had a big boost after the pepsi challenge in the 80s maybe it's a little bit older hmm. maybe it's like 50 60 plus yeah you're right on the money there patrick wow. uh, 45 to 65 amazing there you go what about race primary race white yeah white trash Definitely Caucasian. Uh, income. Like soup, like almost like poverty. Underwater line. and debt. <laughs> <laughs> Not far off. Uh, peaking in the sub 20K a year range. Peaking. <laughs> um, peaking, yeah. But it does spread all the way up. It creeps up to like the 60K a year range, although the, the, definitely the bulk of, of uh, customers are in that sub 20 range. Mm -hmm. um, education. None. None. Online school. Not even high school. Not even grade school. Uh, and then our favorite question, payment method. Yeah. Well, we know what it is. Do we even have to... I mean, come on. It's EBT and welfare stamps. Yeah, yeah. We know. But yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got. Fascinating stuff, Evan. Uh, thank you for taking us into the world of, uh, of numbers. Uh, really elucidating information there, but I do want to kick it into you know current events. What's really going on on the streets? What's happening out there in the world? So, Patrick, do you have any news related to Pepsi? I do, and I'm going to start with a little bit of a little piece of breaking news. Actually, um, hmm. this is hot in the presses. Wow. So, <clears throat> in Japan, in 1999, they released a video game called Pepsi Man. Did you guys know this? No. So for PlayStation, in 1999, in Japan, you could actually play a game 
as a superhero named Pepsi Man, <laughs> where you went around and solved challenges. And this is actually, I'm doing my research from Wikipedia. This is one of the um, sentences from the uh, write-up of Pepsi Man, the game. So Pepsi Man is an action game that consists of four stages, each divided into smaller segments, and each involving the superhero Pepsi Man saving a person who is in need of a drink, such as a military man in the middle of a <laughs> desert, by giving them a can of Pepsi. When I read this, I got really excited. I looked forward to it on eBay. Um, I can't find it anywhere, but what do you guys think? Would you play Pepsi Man? Of course. Wouldn't you? I mean, if I had a PlayStation 1, do you have that? <laughs> I, I could get one. <laughs> it can't be that hard to get a PlayStation 1. If I got Pepsi Man, I would then go out and get a PlayStation 1. Just for that? No other game? Just for that. I think it looks really good. So they never did any sequels to it? It was just the one? It was just one, and it was just in Japan, because of course it was. I would love to see like a like a current generation game console <laughs> version of this, like with, with like mm -hmm. super good graphics, like yeah. Call of yeah. Duty graphics. Yeah, Definitely. like a Skyrim-style expansive world. Yeah. <laughs> a huge open world with like endless quests and like 200 hours of gameplay. <laughs> or like, a, or like an Oculus Rift VR Pepsi Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing idea. We got to get some emails drafted, I think, right after this. Okay, so throughout the episode, Dash has been referencing one of the biggest mm -hmm. blunders that any brand has had in a couple years. It's, of course, the infamous ad from April of this year featuring, uh, what was her name? It's one of the... Um, the uh, disgusting Kardashian girls. Which one was it? Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. So for those of you in our audience, either of you, um, <laughs> if you haven't seen the ad, let me set the scene for you. So at the beginning of the, it's very long. It's way, way, way too long. It's like four minutes long. Um, so the beginning of the ad is this Kylie Jenner. She's at like a photo shoot in like this like industrial setting. Everything's going well. We got some like chain smokers esque like bullshit electronic music um, playing in the background. And then while she's in the photo shoot, a what appears to be you know given you know the the time that we are in and, and all the news stories that we hear about, a Black Lives Matter protest <laughs> uh, moves down the street, literally parallel to her photo shoot. And credit to Kylie Jenner, she doesn't miss a beat. Um, she just keeps posing, keeps taking pictures. She's crushing it. And then, uh, <laughs> like, a hipster Asian guy comes up to her and, like, winks at her and, like, says, like, come with me. Like, didn't say, but, like, says, like, with a head nod. Yeah. Um, so then Kylie Jenner gets dressed really quickly, like, almost instantaneously, and then joins the uh, protest, crosses the barrier where the, uh, the police are separated from all the angry protesters, gives a white cop a uh, can of Pepsi, and then, <laughs> I guess, uh, racism is fixed after that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the ad. It's been smooth sailing ever since on that right. front. It's been, well, we'll get there for a second. So <laughs> one thing that I thought was great, um, do you guys know who Caitlyn Jenner is? Uh-huh. Never heard of her. Yeah, so Caitlyn <laughs> Jenner is... Ky oh, that's Kendall Jenner. I apologize. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this person is Kendall Jenner. So Caitlyn Jenner is Kendall Jenner's um, <laughs> parent, uh, mother. And yeah. she said, and I quote, I thought it was so cool after I watched it online. Um, the rest wow. of the public, general public, didn't necessarily agree. Um, there was a <laughs> lot of backlash. And I know us on this podcast, we're not necessarily the most politically correct people. So I don't think that we would be buying into, you know, hype for the sake of hype. But I think everyone can agree that it was a little bit insensitive. 
um, for the time. Yes. But here's where it gets interesting. Because Evan said, oh, everything has been going swimmingly. Well, Pepsi stock immediately after the ad aired surged. Whoa, really? Like insanely. Like they did so much better than anybody could have even possibly imagined. I think I even read in an article that they outpaced Coke for a week, which I'm sure is huge to them. I'm sure they like printed out that, that new story and hung it on their refrigerator <laughs> at HQ. Wow. <laughs> and then afterwards, after a couple weeks, after they apologized, the stock plummeted again. Mm. Huh. So they do this insensitive ad, stock skyrockets. They apologize, stock plummets. What do you guys make of this? What's behind this? To me, it's a, it's a strategy that's really gained a lot of traction, you know, in the political sphere with certain leaders. Um, you know, it's, it's called the double down. The KFC double down? You're supposed to do the, not the KFC double down, although that also is a, is a potent, uh, you know, power move. We'll get into that after, but what's this yeah. double down? I, I'm, I'm talking about the double down, you know, it's like the the media narrative, they want obviously an apology. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they want you to face up to your wrongs and admit guilt, uh, but that doesn't always work out. In fact, sometimes doubling down, as it were, or leaning into the, you know, unforced error, uh, the high profile mistake can actually reap more dividends. So if Pepsi probably put out another ad with uh, the other Jenner sister, you know, uh, <laughs> co-opting some kind of, you know, pussy hat parade or something, the stock probably would have tripled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What they could have done is maybe uh, Kylie Jenner, the other Jenner, could have been maybe at a basketball court and there's like a bunch of guys in like KKK hoods and she gives them the Pepsi and then he takes off the hood and then they all play basketball together with like the black guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would have been really good. So yeah. that's yeah. the double down you're talking about? Yeah, it's the double down, you know, don't, don't mm -hmm. back away. How long did it take them to apologize? Uh, not long. I think it was like maybe a week or two. So what does that mean? So does that mean that the ad worked for, for who though? Like the ad worked. There are several articles that I saw that said Pepsi's ad is a huge smash, like success. Huh. And I actually have some figures. There was some polling and something that was really shocking to me was of Latinos polled, 75% of them said they had a more favorable view of Pepsi what? after they saw the ad than before. Wow. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. I mean, I guess not everyone buys into the uh, the PC culture. I mean, this is just proof proof positive right here. It kind of goes with what Evan was saying earlier about it's a super white soda. It's uh, a low education soda, and it is a low uh, economic status soda. Did I just describe any uber famous politicians' base right there? I don't know. Hmm. What do you guys think, Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> fake news it's all fake news well racism has been cured if anything that if there's anything that recent events can tell us it's that you know they put the kibosh on that once and for all yeah thanks kendall you did it <laughs> <laughs> kylie kendall yeah whatever your fucking name is you did it <laughs> so i guess that really brings us nicely to sort of the main question here that it all boils down to which is you know pepsi it's managed to stay somewhat relevant but when you go to the Pepsi challenge, when you go back and you look at those taste tests, uh, Pepsi consistently won uh, because it was a blind test. So that makes me wonder, you know, why is it that Coke always seems to come out on top if people might actually prefer the flavor somehow? You know, is it just because Coke has this image and this ubiquity uh, in the cultural landscape? 
I think that's definitely part of it. Patrick, you said something earlier that was very uh, telling, which was that you, you just hate the Pepsi logo. Yeah. And you don't like looking at it. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think maybe, maybe we, it tastes worse to us because we have a brand loyalty to Coke. Maybe. I'm not saying this is, you know, scientific fact or anything like that, but I, I feel like there's definitely something to this if so many people thought Pepsi tasted better and yet Coke consistently outsells them. Like, mm -hmm. is Coke just, like, cooler? I think it that might play part of it. I mean, think about all the Coke. Like, we talked about that famous Coke commercial with all the hippies on the, in the thing or whatever from, like, the late 60s, early 70s. You know, Coke has got those, those polar bears. You know, they've got the, the red color. You know, people just like red more. I know I like red more than I like blue. I just wonder if this is, if this is part of it, if they're just a better brand overall and taste be damned. We're just going to go with the color we like more. What do you think, Patrick? Yeah, I think just, you know, Coke starts at a better place because to me that is the iconic soda. But um, I think it's also like I can never, I mean, they had the the Michael Jackson ad where he set his hair on fire. They had this dumb fucking Kardashian one. But other than that, I can never really remember any like Pepsi ads or slogans really sticking with me. Um, but when I think of Coke, you know, I think of the the polar bears, like when I was a kid, like they were awesome. They had like Santa on the cans, remember during Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, they always had like these like little ways to like stick in your head. So I think Evan's totally right. I just have some kind of subconscious brand loyalty to the can and to the, to the mega corporation that is Coke. Yeah, and their their marketing almost like sometimes goes pa past the soda. I hate the term, but lifestyle brand. Nike, you know, or Apple or one of these like things that it's like more about identifying with the brand than it is the actual taste whereas pepsi and all their marketing that they have that we saw the slogans it's all like me too coke seems to be above the fray a little bit mm -hmm. absolutely and and you know that really says it all because um much like this podcast pepsi always seems to come in second against the monolithic enemy with powerful forces on its side <laughs> soda jerks podcast uh, but just as we gallant hosts keep our chins up and our elbows greased, Pepsi-Cola has also managed to stick around through a combination of ingenuity, dedication, and billions of dollars. So until our next installment, that's all the time we have. Please do add us on Twitter, at Big Soda Podcast, and check out our show on iTunes and SoundCloud for as long as that platform exists. <laughs> so yeah, this has been Big Soda, and if you call it pop, you're a fucking moron. See you guys.